0: hello everyone and welcome to the jessica jones podcast by fantastic geek your official unofficial voice of the marvel cinematic community my name is matt and joining me as always is pete
1: hello pete hello matt hello everybody here today to talk to you about season three of jessica jones as well as a look back at all three seasons of jessica jones
0: in my mind, right out of the gate here, this was the best constructed season of the three. Uh, the fact that the fact that we didn't introduce our season baddie right up front, nor did we carry him to the bitter end, it, it wasn't quite the pods that we have gotten some seasons for Agents of Shield, but it divided up this season in a way that was both one season and smaller parts in it.
1: I would disagree with you that this is the best season of Jessica Jones. I think that distinction still goes to the first season. Um, But this was clearly better than season two. I think we will all agree with that. Um, And really the only one of the six shows that got to end with any kind of sense of finality.
0: Oh, and I think that that can't be stated enough. That though we had in this season the Marvel, you know, the end to be continued, that Jeff Loeb, uh, a is so proud to do, and B, I think, just kind of captures the Marvel spirit, the comic book spirit, etc. But they knew that this was the end, so they could stick that landing as an end point, and we know that the adventure continues. Uh, in our hearts or one day on hulu or disney plus or whatever that's going to look like probably not with these actors almost certainly not with melissa rosenberg who with the conclusion of this series has now moved on to warner brothers television from her home at abc studios Uh, but you know they were able to to give us a finite endpoint for all of these characters to to varying levels of success most of them just a perfect endpoint for this iteration of these characters.
1: So, in looking back at the third and final season here, I have to say that the second episode for me, uh, AKA You're Welcome, represents the high point. Before we got too dark, before we got into the subplot where uh, Trish's mother is murdered. Um, We got to have a little bit of fun with Hellcat. We got to see what Trish was up to in the period of time when she wasn't with Jess. Ironic that it portended the eventual dissolution of their relationship and what Trish had done to Jess's mother the season before.
0: I think for me my favorite episode might have been the 7th one aka the double half Wappinger. and what I liked from that uh, f- from that episode was that we got we got Jessica Jones being a private eye doing private eye stuff which I know is both the concept of the show but also something that kind of the show would use when needed to directly inform the plot most of the time. This certainly was not a procedural. We didn't have, you know, investigation montage music very often and things of that sort as you might have in a CSI or an NCIS, that sort of thing. But to get on the road, to go to Wappinger Falls, to be putting clues together, to be doing some sneaky PI stuff to get behind the desk to get the file, then you put in the layer of superhero Uh, powers and flipping over the gazebo to get that that unequivocal proof that uh, evil had occurred that you know to me that was just kind of that that was kind of peak Jessica Jones the Jessica Jones that we didn't see too often which was just workaday PI
1: it's a very good episode and to see them out of their element in you know not too far away New York State um, you know is an interesting take to have something to grip onto in terms of what Salinger had done in the past. Um, it makes what comes afterward with the ruining of the evidence all the more difficult to watch.
0: I think, Pete, other successes from this season, if we focus, say, on characters, I think Eric was the perfect foil for jessica jones somebody who is obviously as we learned similarly powered somebody who is kind of walking that line of the good side the bad side back and forth and i applaud the show not having him and her you know meet up at the end i think you could probably imagine well five minutes after she decides to not take the train Uh, She's headed back to the office and she's undoing the key exchange to Malcolm and she's knocking on Eric's door for a burger or more. But that's not the story we got. The story we got ended where it ended. And for the two of them parting ways, I think it's that that bittersweet want of our audience heart that we don't get. And that makes it better.
1: Benjamin Walker portrays a scruffy enough yet likable uh, character, thank God, Matt. We never went with the uh, Marvel Comics superhero name of Mind Wave.
0: Is that who he was based on in another yes. in, in, in the comic medium? Okay, then you know, Pete. I I enter these seasons uh, kind of intentionally, you know, unaware, not digging too deep. Oh, look, Eric Gelden is a name I can click on. No, I won't do that. I'm seeing here, yeah. Mindwave, eh, you know, it's it's a it w- it was a highlight of Marvel Netflix where they really would dial down these references to the most real world, um, maybe in a way where you know you don't always see that on the film side. Where you know they'll the let the craziness flourish from time to time to get Mind Wave, a character created in 1976 for Daredevil comics, I see to get that character distilled, distilled, distilled again. Into what we got here. It was just the perfect combination.
1: Meanwhile. In Gregory Salinger. The uh, Marvel uh, nickname. Of Fool Killer Matt. We got the ultimate. Dislikable. uh, Accomplished. Single white male.
0: Yeah I think. That he was. He was the right villain. For this show in these times, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it all just fit to, for him to be the most intelligent person there, for him to know not only his strengths, but also his weaknesses and to uh, protect against those weaknesses. You know, she's super powered, so he's going to set up a camera or things of that sort where it was always checkmate, checkmate, checkmate. That made him a more compelling villain than you know kind of your standard not just marvel films but comic book trope of the person who is bad who has the same powers as you um they were wise to go kind of intellectual and calm and cool and collected and in many ways her opposite Not that she's not intelligent but he was so planned out so restrained and that's not jessica jones
1: yeah, the construct of the photos, the, the sorry face, et cetera, this idea that people cheat, whereas he works for what he has. It's the ultimate analogy to the idea of white privilege. Um, and, you know, you loathed Jeremy Bob's character and appreciated his performance which again the mark of a great actor.
0: I think also too we have to note the inclusion of Annette Chef as uh as Jillian. I know we discussed in previous episodes you know having a having a trans actor play a trans character that isn't about being trans at all. You know, I think you get all the positive uh, PR and you get all the positive, just, you know, goodwill that that shows and <laughs> impact on the story, you know, is minimal. You don't need, you know, the, the the lack of action was the action. That this doesn't need to be about, oh man, Jillian's being harassed by Tufts and no, it's just Jillian goes to work each day and deals with a pretty crappy boss but at the end of the day, Jillian believes in the work uh, Jessica Jones believes in Jillian and, you know, the job gets done.
1: You know, in the inclusion of a trans actor really mirroring a a show outside of the Marvel universe, getting a lot of ink right now that both Matt and I, and I think a lot of other people are enjoying in euphoria and, you know, the the humanization of trans characters uh, of trans people through fiction, very important as far as helping people understand the issues that they, uh, you know, deal with. And I think smart here to not deal in labels, but to deal in personalities and people.
0: I think of a similar ilk, although many, many times removed of importance. Uh, I was glad that we got the briefest returns of, uh, Oscar Orocho and his son Vito. This story didn't have room for them. Uh, therefore, they moved upstairs and moved out of the story. But just enough to say, hey, we spent a lot of time with them. And they were important to last season. And we kind of need to write ourselves out of that box here uh, to bring them back. That was just the right amount to say, hey, you know, for whatever reason story reasons or scheduling reasons or whatever it might be we're going in a different direction. But they exist too. They exist upstairs in some sort of fourth season of the heart or some sort of whatever it might be.
1: Wish I could have gotten a little bit more of a resolution to Jerry's character. Obviously Kith leaves uh, everything that she's done to try to not, you know, waste away, die uh, alone really has blown up in her face so we can make that extrapolation. Um, But when it comes to Carrie Ann Moss and just seeing her play this role, which there might have been a little bit more meat on the bone for her.
0: It probably was a catch 22 situation for Melissa Rosenberg and the writing staff in that you knew the cancellation process for these other shows was happening as you're making your way through your season you could figure it out but are you going to write and shoot the scene of Hogarth going and thus I say goodbye to this life pill pop uh, the end and then you go oh crud we got renewed for season four or they decided to totally be cool another shift over to Hulu sorry Carrie Anne we can't unkill you with The Russian suicide drugs that you had, you know, again, I think, did they, did they make the choice that leaves it open-ended enough for a best case scenario for the production? Yes. However, here we are all these months later, Pete, after the, uh, the February 18th cancellation of the show, you know, almost a certainty that Carrie Ann Moss will not be back playing Jerry Hogarth for a Marvel production ever. Um... Therefore, could you have done the character a bit better uh, in her death? Yes. That said, Pete, I'm um, sometimes 180 degrees wrong on this. So I look forward four years from now when Hogarth shows up in whatever TV show in, you know, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, the TV series, season four.
1: <laughs> we got a, a Rand shout out. Thank God we got that out of the way. But, you know, I think you can't close this without bringing Luke Cage back one more time, having been the show that originated him. And to get that scene between he and Jessica, particularly in light of where their relationship goes in the comics, that felt satisfying.
0: Super satisfying, particularly because, as I said in the the 313 episode, it kind of undoes in a satisfying way. It undoes the conclusion of Luke Cage season two. Uh, in in that season's conclusion, Luke Cage dancing with the devil, bad guy now probably when the next episode happens. And then now there is no episode except for this season finale, series finale of Jessica Jones where Luke Cage says, yeah, I am walking on the on the edge a little bit. I think I'll be okay. But if I'm not, you or somebody else will pull me back. And it's like, oh yeah, in in our hearts, Luke Cage might cross the line a little bit and somebody's going to be there to help him out. That's okay.
1: In terms of looking back at the entire three seasons, you talk about matching Daredevil as the longest running Marvel Netflix show. You talk about a show that had more of an ending than... Uh, daredevil season three i mean yes you could say you got uh matt and foggy and karen back together and you know they were preparing to do their thing so you reunited them and and there you go but to have jess nearly leave for el paso to have her turn around presumably again to be continued um You look at the arc over the three seasons and we meet super unstable Jessica to somebody who, you know, has survived her adventures, who has grown, who has stabilized, who doesn't seem to drink as much. Granted, she sent her surrogate sister to a prison for people with abilities, but she's wiser and better for it. Well,
0: I think one way to interpret it is that she sent her sister to the raft. Another way to interpret it is justice befell Trish Walker and Jessica Jones played a role in that handing out of justice, but the justice that hellcat herself required after breaking the law after, you know, what's the, what's the line that Costa gives her, you know, murder, attempted assault, breaking and entering da da da, you know, sh- she did all these bad things and you know, now has to pay the price, albeit as a powered person. Um, it's kind of the ultimate, I mean, it it certainly is in keeping with that kind of Jessica Jones heartbreak of can't ever be happy. Things can't be black and white, but it's also, you know, Jessica Jones, the season one crappy private eye, who's also doing muscle work for Jerry Hogarth to now be facilitating a version of the greater good or a law following or whatever you want to call it. I think that too is a satisfying ending. Even if Jessica Jones is not, you know, but let's face it, Peach, she's ultimately not a person who's going to be satisfied in this world because of the myriad of things that have gone on in her life.
1: When you look back at that first season and the story, they took you on with Kilgrave and helping again to understand Survival of abuse, this tremendous guilt that Jessica had because of what she was made to do, the really interesting and, you know, grounded way in which they described uh, and explained uh, Kilgrave's powers, I think really the, the high point of the series
0: yes and thus all the more fitting that he returns at least via voice uh in season three i think you're never gonna you're never gonna outrun the the sizzle of david Tennant doctor who is your bad guy in jessica jones um and i think that that's certainly particularly in this country i think that probably his time as Kilgrave is almost as high up there as his time as Doctor Who, uh, or pardon me, as the Doctor. So, you know, he he's this wonderful villain. He also, in that first season, Kilgrave gave us this in to kind of, as the story moved forward, we were also getting these flashbacks and understanding of the time she spent with him uh, which then also gave us her connection to Luke Cage, which then was setting up the Luke Cage series. And I think that that, though that was kind of confusing, intentionally so, because we didn't know her past, she didn't always know her past, it was really kind of this, it, it was this well-constructed season where things you know, would fold out, then fold backwards in time in a really, really satisfying way.
1: And then despite the fact that she was in Defenders in 2017, we went from November of 2015 all the way to March of 2018 before we had season two. And, you know, we don't want to be overly cruel here. You know, we enjoyed the show, but season two being the bottom of the barrel, there were some good moments, particularly enjoyed the, the flashback episode uh was the seventh of season two aka i want your cray cray where we learn how trish you know struggled with substance abuse and though it deals with the darkness of that there's a lot of humor which i think was a secondary hallmark of this show a kind of dark humor
0: Yes, Pete, I want your cray cray. Certainly an episode that had humor, also that sense of pathos, you know, particularly when you tie it into the I want your cray cray video that still lives online yes. on YouTube. That's just you know, that's in that pop up video style where the the purported makers of the video are or at least of the pop-ups are, you know, making fun of Trish, who, who at the time of the video was a big joke, that kind of thing. So all this kind of multi-layered stuff here in a show that was that was unafraid to throw some humor in there, even though we were dealing with larger issues, whether it's season one, sexual assault, season two, some of those parental issues, uh, season three, everything that uh, that was brought to the table, still have that dark sense of humor in there to lighten things up.
1: You know, Kristen Ritter in this role, something she talked about having played for the last three, three and a half years. You know, she wrote a book in the interim, um, you know, something to this point she's known the most for, uh, you know, and I still haven't heard, Matt, if she's, she's had the baby. She was super pregnant at the time of the red carpet, you know, a week before the uh, third and final season came out. But, you know, just a, a tour de force throughout these three seasons. Got to direct my favorite episode of of this third and final season. And, you know, hope to see her again in this role. You know, we'll hold out hope. But, you know, as the originator of the live-action version of the character, really hard to have in your mind... Somebody else playing that role.
0: Oh, I, I think her portrayal here, uh, iconic in a way where the character maybe not even maybe the character certainly has not been prior to, to the show ha- had not been as well known as say a daredevil. So if there is some sort of recast, reboot, whatever it is, in two, three, five, ten, fifteen years time. I think her mark will be more uh, indelible than um, than maybe some of the other Defenders co-stars where there just kind of wasn't that, you know, either the characters were older and thus you can imagine them in this form now, but you can imagine other people playing them. As Melissa Rosenberg herself said, there's so much of Kristen Ritter in Jessica Jones and vice versa that I think moving forward, it's really gonna be difficult to untangle the two. Well, Pete, though we now start to draw to a close our discussion of Jessica Jones season three and indeed Jessica Jones, the Marvel Netflix series, I know that we still have some more things to talk about in the coming days.
1: Yes, we're going to be taking a comprehensive look back at all of the six Marvel Netflix shows. Uh, really, the end of an era. And, you know, we're going to formally eulogize it in that podcast.
0: Well, Pete, this entire season of Jessica Jones, indeed all three, three plus seasons, if you include defenders that we have spent with Jessica Jones, all of it has been made possible by the people who support us on patreon.com slash fantastic geek.
1: Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content. All it takes is a dollar to get you in that door. And it helps immensely keeps us sustainable, keeps our backlog of, Hundreds of podcast episodes across all of Marvel Netflix, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Agent Carter, Inhumans, if you subjected yourself to that. Everything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe all up there because of our fantastic patrons to patreon.com slash fantastic
0: all sorts of boosts and rewards there but the greatest one is always a freebie that's talking to you on twitter how can people reflect about jessica jones with you on that social media site
1: you can find me on twitter at peter p-i-e-t-e-r-j-k-e-l-a-r-k-e-t-e-l-a-a-r 10604 followers can't be wrong
0: And while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are fantasticgeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more.
1: Facebook.com slash fantasticgeek with the PH, all one word, like it today.
0: Well, Pete, though, our time with Jessica Jones now truly coming to an end. The adventure, of course, continues on our pop culture podcast feed where we're still talking about Agents of Shield. Where in the coming weeks and months we'll be talking about The Mandalorian, the Star Wars show on Disney Plus. We'll be talking about Watchmen on HBO. We'll be talking about Runaways on Hulu. We're talking about Godfriended Me on CBS. What else is on our radar, Pete?
1: We've got Watchmen coming up. We've got all of the Star Trek universe. Basically, if it flies, uh, we're on it.
0: Well, on that note of hope, Pete, uh, this has been a really heartfelt look back at Jessica Jones, but now the time has come to say adios to all your listeners, and I give you the final Jessica Jones word. A.K.A. See you soon.